Hello, everyone. In this episode, we're going to take the remaining free agents and find the perfect spot for each of them. And then we will recap the Western Conference offseason. Welcome to Dimes. We are back. Thank you for tuning in, clicking on the pod. Once again, listeners, I am Carter and JR is here as well. Hello. Hello, everyone. JR, we are in the middle of August here. (laughs) The dullest month (laughs) in the NBA. But don't worry, listener, we're going to spice it up for you because Jarrah's got a little special treat. There's some free agents left around town, and we're going to find a spot for each of every single one of them. We're not going to do that, but we're going to do something close to that. Jarrah, what are we going to do? We just picked a handful of kind of the top free agents left, and we're going to talk about what they got left in the tank, where we think they should go, and maybe see which of them how we want to see win the most. Mm, exciting. Who's up first? Who's left? Starting off with the remaining free agents, we got LaMarcus Aldridge. Mm. <laughs> Hot, <laughs> spicy one to start off with, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the master of the mid-range. Is there anything more exciting than a contested mid-range jumper? <laughs> Not for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he's on the Nets most recently, right? Right. Played with the Nets after coming back from some sort of medical issue. Didn't even know if he was going to play again. He's back. Uh, now he needs to find a team. He's only going to be 37. I mean, that's pretty old, but players still play uh, into their late 30s. Um, last season, he averaged 13, 5, and 1 with a block. Sneaky one block in there, not playing a ton of minutes. <laughs> wow, that's actually way more. Like, if you ask me to guess, there's no way I would have said 13 and 5. That's actually pretty good. That's not bad, right? So he can still play. Why isn't he on a team yet? <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I mean, well, probably because he can't play any defense. And that was the problem with the rest of the Nets bigs, whether it was him or Blake, just couldn't defend. I mean, I don't know the ideal spot for him. In our Eastern Conference pod, if you hadn't listened to it, check it out. There's some gold in there. We talked about the Celtics being a team that could really use a backup big and just creating a little bit of offense would be positive, but Again, he can't defend. So I don't know. Maybe the Celtics. I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe I mean, the Lakers could always use just people who could do anything. What do you think? Where should he go? Exactly. The Lakers and the Celtics. The other team I thought of were the Heat. Spoiler, hmm. spoiler alert. They might be coming up a lot in this uh, <laughs> remaining free agents. Um, but especially if the Morris brother doesn't come back, they kind of need, uh, like we talked about in the last the Eastern Conference recap, they need a big, they need someone to replace that PJ Tucker, someone to replace that Morris brother. I think it's Markeith. Um, <laughs> who, who knows? <laughs> and he won't do it defensively, but they need another big to kind of go on the roster. So um, 
What about the Trailblazers? What about a return home? I think they'd welcome him. I mean, he'd uh, just come off the bench. <laughs> yeah. Was, was he was he friends with Dame? I don't remember if they got along. <laughs> well, that actually might be the issue. But like now, I mean, no one's questioning who's better now. Totally. And who's the face. So you're welcome, Lamarcus. Those are three great destinations. Or if you want to be on TV, he has a beautiful speaking voice. Maybe you should go on TV somewhere. Or come on this pod and host it three-man style. Yeah, there's a seat waiting for you, buddy. We got churros on the side. <laughs> um, next, let's talk about his former teammate, possibly going to be his future teammate still, Blake Griffin. Hmm. Blake, what did he average last year? Because now I have no clue if it was good or not. Yeah, you were positively surprised with LaMarcus Aldridge, and Blake Griffin might be a disappointment. Six, four, and two. <laughs> <laughs> is what he averaged <laughs> nikes now that's someone who actually could retire and like just go be a stand-up comedian or yeah be jeff ross's roast buddy or something <laughs> yeah because he's good at that because if i was the celtics or the lakers and i had the choice between the two i would just want lamarcus over yeah. blake yeah even though blake is younger his body is way older <laughs> oh yeah i mean he can't even jump anymore i mean those numbers kind of speak for themselves like he's this big name just a few years ago um but it seems like he can't really do it anymore so he's uh like we said he's a big name but i don't know who would necessarily want him over some of these other guys that we're going to talk about he could just re- resign with the nets um other teams miami <laughs> he could fill mm-hmm. like a veteran role again uh, sneaky Chicago pick if they want a oh. little come off the bench Blake. Yeah, bench Blake. That would that's a, that's interesting. Again, the Bulls could just have that other big man role with Lamarcus, but big city Blake. He loves a big city after he was banished to Detroit for a couple seasons, and then his career promptly went in the turlet. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the world would be better suited if Blake Griffin stopped playing basketball. And started doing something in the entertainment industry. We already offered the seat to Lamarcus, so like it's like, sorry, Blake. Like we have to wait for his response. But we like you're a really. We'll put you on the back burner. Yeah. So Blake, consider retirement. <laughs> <laughs> That's the dimes stamp right there. It's for you. It's not for. It's not because you're not that great. It's just you'd have a better time saying some funny jokes on Comedy Central. Of course, who wouldn't? Let's stick with the bigs. We're going to go to Montrez Harrell. Mm. What up, Trez? <laughs> Almost didn't bring it up. A little controversy with this one. Facing a little situation. But he is a free agent. He's very young compared to these other guys that we've talked about. Still can play. He was a six man of the year, uh, like two years ago. Last year, he was 13, six and two. Brings a lot of energy to the court. Any team you think stands out for him? I think for some reason, my brain just went right to the Thunder because they don't have a lot of guys with kind of that grit besides Lou Dort. And if you got Trez to just kind of like bully Chet Holmgren in practice, that could be a positive. Because, I mean, there's probably not a higher effort big man in the league than Montrez Harrell. That's true. If the Thunder start winning games, 
then that pickup for one, just another quality NBA player on the team could be really beneficial, especially because that's not like a like detrimental long-term decision. You're just bringing them on to kind of be a savvy vet in Montrez's special way. I really love that pick. I had written down the heat as I do for most of these guys. <laughs> um, but the Thunder's great because we'll definitely get into them in the later part of this pod, but they just got a bunch of children on their team, right? So yes. they they need someone to turn those guys into men. And like you said, he's a little short for the center position, which he plays. I guess sometimes he plays power forward. So he has to try a bunch, like a lot harder than some other guys. I think he's only like six eight. Yeah, he is absolutely like when you see him and LeBron were like guarding each other when Trez is on the Clippers like that. It's like, okay, well, LeBron James is taller than you. Like, yeah. And I think it's about time the Thunder start winning some games. So, all right, Trez, go to the Thunder. Boom. Lock it in. Dime stamp. Listeners, if you don't hear a sound effect, you know that Nick didn't try very hard for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> He's taking an off week. <laughs> Yeah, we're feeling loose today. We're <laughs> on this on uh, this uh, roller coaster of eight free agency. Well, I think it's about time to go to my favorite player, Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> Carmelo Anthony, former Laker. No chance he goes back to the Lake Show. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I don't know what the market necessarily is for him. He averaged thirteen four and one. <laughs> Uh, it's almost LaMarcus number. That's, that's about <laughs> what you're going to get from LaMarcus. But you know what you're going to get from Carmelo, especially at this point in his career. He's not going to play very good defense. He He's just going to ISO score. I mean, he just like will come off the bench, right? So mm-hmm. another guy that could be possibly looking at retirement if he doesn't like the situations that are uh, going to give him offers, right? Yeah. What if he went back to the Knicks? That would be amazing. Like if they trade for Donovan Mitchell, which according to Sham Sharania, uh, they are back in conversations after a couple weeks of non-conversation. They'll need some depth if they go Mitchell. True. And who's going to rise from the ashes like in New York Phoenix? The yeah. Carmelo Anthony. New York would go crazy for that. No question. <laughs> everyone, everyone would sign on for that. He'd probably have a better role if he stayed with the Lakers. I mean, they're just not going to be as good, so he'll probably play more. Like, there's not players in front of him. I don't know if they'll trade away Randall and Toppin, who New York seems to really like a lot now. Um, So his role might be better if he stays with the Lakers, but maybe the Lakers don't even want him anymore. Maybe his buddy LeBron says sayonara. (laughs) (laughs) I know. LeBron's always like, yeah, my best friends, Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony, and Dwayne Wade. It's like, well, LeBron, you're in charge of the league. So if you want those guys on your team, they'll just be on your team. But And it took a really long time for Carmelo Anthony to end up on a LeBron James team. Yeah. Um, Another sneaky reason he might not want to retire, though, he is currently... 307 points behind Shaq for eighth all time in scoring. So if he I wants to move up, move up a spot, <laughs> I thought you were going to say something like he owes $75 million to the Peruvian government. 
just, yeah, he's, I was his like, pockets what? are hurting. I was like, what could you possibly be about to say? It's like, oh, a very logical thing. He's very close <laughs> to passing. <laughs> yeah, eight. So he's ninth right now. Looks like 307 points to pass Shaq to the eighth. That's very high on the all-time scoring list. 30,000 <sighs> points is about 1,700 points away. So that's probably just out of reach. Um, he'd basically yeah. have to do what he did last season for two more seasons to get there. But he could probably pass Shaq. He could definitely pass Shaq and getting up to eight, like finishing eight when your career finishes, like you said, that's great. And also gives you a little cushion for like anyone else coming up to that level. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's worth it. I don't know. I don't know if Carmelo can... Actually, I bet that's a thing Carmelo DeCanthony <laughs> does care about a lot. He's back. I don't know where he's going to be back, but he'll be back somewhere. Yeah, I think scoring is the only thing that he cares about <laughs> on the basketball court. So, yeah. Um. All right, we got a couple more. Let's move. Let's move to a guard, huh? I haven't talked Mix about a guard. Uh, Dennis Schroeder. Mm, the Shrewds. The the German Shrewds. <laughs> Last year was a little bit of an up and down year. The Celtics kind of said, we really don't want you on our team anymore. Kind of got banished to that Rockets team. Um, but he did average 13, three and five assists. So pretty good distributor. Uh, and he's pretty, pretty athletic, you know, he's a fast guy. Um, where do you think he's going to go? Well, I mean, he was the starting point guard for the Celtics. Honestly, maybe one of the worst decisions of his career to turn down the contract that the Lakers offered him and possibly one of the worst things that ever happened to the Lakers was Schroeder turning down that contract a few years ago because then he turns that contract down he has to take the mid-level exception from the Celtics the Lakers now need a point guard they get Russell Westbrook and now Schroeder was on the Rockets and now he's a free agent so Schroeder is not a bad NBA player he just isn't the guy you want running your offense. Yeah. Uh, which is dangerous because he's a point guard. So he has to have the ball. Um, but he was the starting point guard for the Celtics. Like I said, um, I could see him going to a team that might be a little stuck in the mud with their bench offense. So me, that could be return to the Lakers. Yeah, but I don't know if he wants to go there again because they scorned him and or he, or he scorned them or however he feels about it. I don't know. Yeah, great point. Kind of worked out worse for everybody involved. But that is the team that I had written down because the Lakers really need to sign just anyone that can help them. I mean, and they don't have very much money to work with. Right. So mm -hmm. uh, get someone who can handle the ball other than Westbrook and take some load off of LeBron. It's exactly what they need, honestly. If you're a free agent like Schroeder, can you just like wait four months and just like not have to go anywhere? If you're just going to get the minimum contract anyway, like why would you be like, yeah, I want to work more for the same amount of money? You mean like take a break for the beginning of the season? I mean, I mean is that what he's doing? Is he's like, yeah, I'll sign with the Lakers and like after they trade Westbrook or I'll be there in like three months? Well, you're right. He's going to get a contract no matter how long he waits. Like if he just decides to wait even longer than that, right? He'll like, there'll be a contract for him because he's good at basketball. That's not a bad idea. I mean, and maybe he can see how the beginning of the season plays out, right? Like what if the Lakers truly implode immediately? He's like, oh, thank God I, you know, didn't just sign with them in the middle of August, like the Dimes Bros told us to do. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Or, or he, like, someone's going to get injured, right? Like, I don't want anyone to, but that's just, we've never had a season where no one's got injured. So it's like, there could be opportunities. I don't even want to mention a name, but there could be opportunities out there for Schroeder in an unexpected spot. Yeah, and that would open up a better spot for him to go to, a contender, perhaps. Perhaps. All right. Kyle Lowry. <laughs> Did we mention the heat on this podcast yet? <laughs> um, but that would be a great spot for him to go. Yeah. It would. All right. What 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 next free agent are we sending to the heat? Well, we could send our good old friend that we don't hear much from anymore, Boogie Cousins. Oh, honestly? <laughs> he would be great on the Heat. <laughs> I know. The Heat, just any of these guys, just pick a couple, honestly. Um, well, you feel like with the Heat, it's like, coming back to the Spurs, folks, buckle in. It's like the Spurs in the 2000s and 2010s. It's like, Oh, I bet they could give this guy his fourth chance. I bet if anyone can make it work, it's this franchise. And that's really what the Heat have done. They've taken these players who maybe have not worked out in every situation. I mean, their roster is filled with undrafted players. Jimmy Butler had like bashed his way through three organizations and then comes to the Heat and takes him to the finals. So, yeah, that's why we're sending everyone to the Heat. You're welcome. Sorry, Bookie Cousins. Sorry. Uh, if yeah. you don't want to go to the Heat, though, I think the Suns might be a good option. You For know, when you they have... trade DeAndre Ayton. Exactly. <laughs> they have Biombo right now. Um, that gives you, like, a defensive option. Boogie would just give you that offensive option. Um, and he's a little – I don't know exactly how he'd fit in on that team with Chris Paul. Might clash a little bit. Um, <laughs> almost certainly so. But, yeah. Like we said, the heat culture can totally take him in. I just wonder how much he is like, is not cool to be around because the Nuggets were like, we prefer DeAndre Jordan to you, DeMarcus Cousins, in the backup role. And DeAndre Jordan hasn't done nothing for nobody in like four years. That That is one of the most baffling signings, early signings that... Yeah. I mean, that I can remember, honestly, he probably won't even play. I mean, he might because he is the backup big on the Nuggets now, mm-hmm. but like he shouldn't. He shouldn't be playing. How could they not get JaVale? Like what? I mean, JaVale is just way, way, way better than DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. And you know how we know that? Because JaVale has been playing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And he's going to be on the Mavs. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to the Mavs. The last guy I have written down, Hassan Whiteside. Hmm. Honestly, anything I just said about DeMarcus Cousins, copy-paste, Hassan. Copy-paste. Probably should have mentioned the Clippers uh, for Boogie Cousins mm-hmm. as well. Uh, I just think they traded away uh, Hardenstein to the Knicks. They need a backup center. Um, he's really good on boards and on blocks. So I think the ship has sailed on trying to get him involved in the offense. I think he probably just knows his role by now. Be a good guy to step in. Yeah, Whiteside would be good for the Clippers. I just feel like they have so many wings that their backup center is going to be like Paul George. Like it's like, they're like not going to actually use it. Like they're not going to take a risk on having Whiteside or cousins. They'll just be like, we'll just play Covington at center. Yeah. And that's, that's not a bad idea either. I do love the Covington at center lineups whenever they happen. 
I mean, the Clippers are the real team that's like actually for real, for actual, not playing a center. Yeah, they'll they play uh, Zubach like 18 minutes probably, and <laughs> then he gets the hell off. Yeah, yeah. Those are some big names in that free agent class, but not a lot of big talent, I will say. No, no, no. just some guys that can make the little differences. You know, last last time we talked about the big four, where are these guys going to go? Uh, these are just to get you over the hump. Yeah, I think Schroeder, of all of them, could make the biggest impact. It's just he plays the most stacked position in the league right now, which is ball-dominant guard. Yeah. Of these guys, I don't think any of them have won a ring. Who would you pick to uh, win their first championship? It's got to be LaMarcus. I mean, we joke on that about that churro-eating fella um, when he played down in San Antonio. He just bulked up a little. It's okay. It happens to us all. It it's happens to, to us. Yeah. It's easy to bulk up down in San Antonio. Uh, but it's got to be LaMarcus. He went through... A lot of difficult things, one actually very difficult, his medical condition. He came back into the league, thought he wasn't going to play. But in San Antonio, he was just a quiet soldier doing his job, putting up his 18 points and nine boards through a very difficult transition in which the star player was slowly but surely betraying the team and causing once a once dominant franchise to fall into a desolate hellhole so that's why i love lamarcus because he stood by us that and game six western conference semis against the houston rockets Kawhi was injured tony parker was injured <laughs> houston was home manu had just blocked james hard in the game before and i was like there's no chance there's no way we're gonna win this game we're gonna have to try to win it back in seven in san antonio and then what did LaMarcus Aldridge do? He went out and had a hell of a game. And James Harden had a terrible game. But that's when <laughs> LaMarcus Aldridge. I love him. I regret saying the churro thing. <laughs> Nick, leave it again, though, please. <laughs> All right, LaMarcus, go to a contender. Let's get you a ring, buddy. Please. Let's go to the Celtics. Yeah. If we think they're going to win a win ring. Maybe the yeah. Bucks. That could be good. Did we mention the Heat? <laughs> <laughs> hold on what team what's going on who all right so that's a pretty interesting list of the remaining free agents hopefully some of those guys go on and help a contender get over the hump after the break we will talk about the entire western conference off season and see if each team got better or worse Shout out again to our good friend, Will Adams, the creator of all the music that you're hearing on this pod. I don't have his handle in front of me, but he follows at DimesPod. So if you want to find him, follow at DimesPod on Twitter. Boom. That's how you plug. The Houston Rockets went 20 and 62 last season. Worst team in the Western Conference. Their projecting, projected starting lineup by Carter, myself, a Carter projection. I don't, they don't really have like a great point guard to start. So I would say Eric Gordon, even though he's not really a point guard, not sure if he's still going to be on the team. 
Jalen Green returning into his second season. Jabari Smith, definitely the biggest upgrade from last season to this season. Third pick in the draft. Then uh, Garuba, they picked him last season. He's supposed to be this versatile power forward. He was kind of injured. I think they want to have a little bit of defense in this lineup because at center, I would say they're going to start Sangoon, who is possibly the worst defensive center that's going to start this season. Yeah. So with that lineup, JR, they lost Marquise Chris. They lost John Wall, but not really. He didn't play. Are they going to be better or worse? I think they are going to be better. Okay. I agree. I'll tell you why. My thought was they better be better because they have Jabari Smith on their team now. They have the third round pick. It's like, you better be better. Like, I mean, <laughs> exactly. Lost. You yeah. lost Christian Wood. This guy is going to be fighting for rookie of the year and possibly more than that. I mean, these young guys are getting better. Jalen Green's going to take a step, getting snubbed for some <laughs> by some voters. Um, <laughs> but Eric Gordon's been like a pseudo point guard kind of since he stopped playing with James Harden. So he's a good shooter. Yeah, I think they it'll be hard to be worse. And that's really why I said better. And I think they got some good players, but really just because it's almost impossible to win less than 20 games. Yeah, they just have to be better. And that was my thought as well. Moving on to a team in a pretty similar situation. We got the OKC Thunder. They finished 24 and 58 last season. They got starting lineup of Giddy, SGA, newly re-signed Lou Dort, uh, the second pick of the draft, Chet Holmgren, and Darius Baisley. Baisley, if you're from across the pond. They also have three other rookies. Two of them are named Jalen Williams, which is exciting. <laughs> they drafted two guys named Jalen Williams. Um, nothing, nothing in free agency. They added nobody at all. My thought is, again, just like the Rockets, they better be better. You had a second pick of the draft and some second round picks. JR, better or worse? Similar story. I think they got to be better. Kind of like we talked about at the beginning of this episode. It's about time for this uh, OKC experiment where they get all these picks. At some point, you guys got to start winning some games. They have a lot of young players, especially if they sign a vet like we talked about um, to kind of whip them into shape. Like they should start winning some games. And again, like we said for the Rockets, Chet's going to be eyeing that rookie of the year. So they're going to be trying out there. So we kind of agree on these two teams. I thought about kind of putting them together in this question, which is looking even past next year, which of these two teams would you rather be rooting for? So take that however you will, right? Whether you like the guy, I mean, the Rockets have a bunch of picks from the Nets, which could be turning pretty promising. OKC has a bunch of Clippers picks, which at any moment as we were, followers of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George's injuries also could be promising. Which team would you rather be a fan of? Who are you rooting for? OKC or the Rockets? I got to pick OKC uh, between those two teams. I think they have a, I think, I think I like their young players a little better. Like you said, they still have the picks. Um, I also like SGA a ton. Like I think mm -hmm. between the two teams, they just have the best player kind of by far. Um, yeah. Definitely as of now. Yeah. Um, obviously that can change, but he's still really young. He'll only get better as well. So I'd, I'd say, I'd say the Thunder. Yeah, I agree. I also love Chet. I think Chet's the guy of the, the those first three. 
Paolo, Cheddar, Jabari. So I agree with you with the Thunder. Also, I can't root for the Rockets legally. It's not allowed. So I have to <laughs> pick the Thunder. Moving on to a team possibly trying to make a huge leap next season. They went 27-55. and 55. It's the Portland Trailblazers, folks. Damian Lillard was out for three quarters of the season with an abdomen injury. And when he did play, he was clearly affected. All right. That's your starting point guard. You got Dame. So that is a an all NBA possible player right there. Then you got uh, the newly re-signed Simons. You got Josh Hart, the traded Jeremy Grant, not my guy, Jeremy Grant <laughs> from the Pistons, and another player returning from injury, Yusuf Nurkic. Biggest free agency ad was Gary Payton II. I mean, just a man who will do anything it takes to win. Yeah. The team, besides those six players I just said, not a lot of depth. They were they were trying to tank pretty hard last season, and each time when you turned on League Pass in late March, it was a real like, oh, am I starting for the Trailblazers tonight? It was it was a grab bag of guys you'd never heard of. Shaden Sharp, sadly, their drafted rookie this past season already is injured, so we yeah. will not be seeing him. Blazers. How could they be worse? (laughs) Again, another question. They have to be better, right? They have to be better. We were questioning whether Damian Lillard was going to request a trade. They were so Mm -hmm. bad. And it looks like they just went the other way. They they traded for Jeremy Grant. They signed a great Gary Payton, the second, who every team would want that guy on their team, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So they got to be better just off of that starting lineup. And the Payton signing is is really, it's more than just the Peyton signing, right? It's like, it's like, why do you sign a guy like that if you're not trying to win? So it seems like the whole organization is behind, like, let's do this. Let's go back and maybe let's get in the play-in again, which would be much better than their 27 wins last yeah. season. Let's go just a little bit south of Portland. It's actually multiple hours south, but... <laughs> It's it's one of the closest cities in the NBA. Sacramento Kings. <laughs> Coming in hot. 30 and 52 last season. They added Kevin Herter. Boom. <laughs> in a trade. <laughs> um, they didn't really lose anyone that impactful. I mean, they had Dante DiVincenzo on their team, but he like wasn't really doing much. Um Go up Malik Monk for those fans and Keegan Murray and that rookie projected starting lineup. De'Aaron Fox, Herder, Keegan Murray, and Barnes at somewhere in the three, four. I don't know. Start the four. And then Sabonis for a full season on that squad. Fox, Herder, Barnes, Murray, Sabonis. Could you win the championship? in NBA 2K with that team if the difficulty was on All-NBA. Here's the deal. When you said that lineup, that doesn't sound too bad. (laughs) I would say I'm a contender on 2K with that team. (laughs) Well, because you got your big man down low. And if he's, you know, in 2K, if he's just big, he can be good at defense. Yeah. Right. So bonus, I mean, uh, Fox is fast. Fox fast as a fox and then you got three shooters out there knocking him down what's exactly. the problem with that squad exactly they're i think they're just cursed because that the team sounds pretty good 
if I mean the problem is there's not the guy, right? So do you think it's this might be an easy question to answer, but Sabonis or Fox, who do you think has a bigger chance of being the guy next year for Sacramento? Wow. I mean, the answer just is neither. <laughs> you want it to be Fox, though. You do, because they've invested in him and he's supposed to be that person. It's like, okay, can he can he shoot? Can he just shoot from three consistently? Cool. Yeah. Our team is completely different now. Exactly. He, he already has no problem getting to the basket. I mean, he's a pretty good passer. Sabonis just, I don't know. We kind of talked about this about another player on a previous pod, but it kind of seems like he has peaked. You know, he like has reached his full mm. potential. I don't know how much better he's going to get. And he's a really good player, but he's definitely a level below some other guys that you want to be your alpha on the team. He's had the opportunity. You're right. That's a great point. So maybe with the spacing of Herder and possibly if Murray can continue his summer league shooting into the NBA, that could help Sabonis and Fox a lot. But Herder is also more than just a shooter. Uh, he's a great ball handler. The, the strength of that Hawks team two seasons ago was that like everybody could initiate offense and Herder was included in that. He's had some great playoff moments. Yeah, yeah. So that was, you know, I would say generally positive talk. Yeah. And again, 30 wins is not a lot of wins. So this may be bad, but I've started off with four straight. They're going to be better. The Kings will be better next season. <laughs> and and I'm going you know, to have to agree with you on that. Is everyone in the West going to be a little bit better? I mean, when I was doing my little pluses and my minuses, I was like, oh, yeah, you got to throw in a couple minuses here because there's no way the whole West is just... Again, we're not saying record yet. Like it is a po- it is possible that we're saying all these teams could be better and the records not reflect that necessarily, I guess. Sure. Speaking of records not reflecting talent, the Los Angeles Lakers. Hmm. 33 and 49. Here's just a fun little recap for everybody. Didn't even make the plan. Like I know that because the Spurs did make the plan. But then you see it and you're like, how did the LeBron James team miss a play? And I mean, the answer is a ton of injuries, but let's just go through their potential starting lineup. So you got three locks. You got Westbrook, you got LeBron, and you got AD at the power forward. Now, if he's at the center, which he hates to do, that opens up a whole world. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think they'll put Thomas Bryant, their newly signed former wizard, at the center. And at the shooting guard, you know, I was trying to look around, see the tea leaves. Lonnie Walker's a possibility, but I think because of his shooting, Troy Brown Jr. will get the nod. What do you yeah. think, JR? Troy yeah. or Lonnie? Well, I kind of want Lonnie to start. He's he's our guy, you know. We clearly didn't really want him <laughs> anymore. <laughs> Um, but because of his inconsistent play, which we've experienced since we drafted him, um, he'll probably come off the bench. Uh, he has like one or two games a year where he'll, he'll score 30 and the rest you can't really trust him. So, yeah, he'll probably come off the bench. But it's crazy that a team with LeBron didn't even make the play in. I mean, yes, because like the Spurs, a team that had LeBron James play zero games for them, did make the play in. 
So uh, another big addition was Juan Toscano Anderson. I say that as a big addition because the Lakers can use anyone who would like to play defense at all, please. And Juan Toscano Anderson is one of those players. Uh, they lost a ton of free agents with the average age of like 43. I mean, <laughs> Carmelo Anthony, Trevor Ariza, DJ Augustine, Dwight Howard, just a lot of oldies. And they brought in a lot of young guys. Do you think, JR, that if this team is healthy the whole season, they could crack the sixth seed? Just could they be out of the play-in race? Wow, that would be a big improvement. Uh, and the answer is yes. If they're healthy, they still have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I'm going to leave Westbrook out of it for now. But those are two <laughs> top, top players in this league, right? Yeah. Um, I think that just the way that they played with Westbrook, I know there's been talks about them getting on the phone and like pledging to make this work or whatever. Yeah. But like, it just doesn't work with Westbrook like the play styles just don't work so let's leave him out of it LeBron and AD if they're healthy that's a great team that's basically I mean their their role players were a lot better but they they went to the finals and won just a couple of years ago so yeah. they're incredible that wouldn't but be that's, a question yeah that's the thing what you just said their role players were a lot better right the foundation was still LeBron and AD so with this free agency strategy, which was as simple as could be, old guys out, young guys in for this roster. And that's exactly what they did. And I think that's the energy they need is Lonnie Walker has never come close to a championship. Thomas Bryant has been whittling away on the Wizards. It's like, you don't think Lonnie Walker is going to be diving into the second row for a rebound? He's playing in... I almost said the Staples Center. He's playing in Crypto.com Arena. Oh next God. to the, one of the greatest players <laughs> of any sport, anytime ever. It's like, that's, I think that's the energy. And I, again, five straight, better. Lakers, better. Yeah, watch out, everyone else. <laughs> yeah, watch. Yeah, I, for this crew, Rockets, OKC, Trailblazers, Kings, and Lakers, we both said, five betters pretty unlikely but you know it could happen odds wise who do you think of that five got the most better who's going to increase their wins the most i think it's got to be the trailblazers mm. almost going from 27 to like low 40s basically yeah yeah i mean they just were not trying to win at all like we said we were like oh my gosh this damn out as well like we said they went the other way they gotta win a ton more games yeah i i think just because of the 27 how low that is i would also say the trailblazers i will be watching like a hawk though damian lillard in those first few games like if he if the surgery he had did not help as much as he thought it was i mean okay boom you're done sorry yeah. you don't have a superstar yeah. anymore now you got jeremy grant after that this we're gonna go to a team who has zero superstars Go Spurs, go. Go Spurs, go. 
Go, Spurs, go. It's hard to line it up over Zoom, folks, but we tried our best. The San Antonio Spurs were a playing team last season. We went 34 and 48. And this season, it's not much to talk about. We're going to be way worse. And we should be way worse. Yeah. We lost in a trade to Jante Murray. Uh, we briefly had Danilo Gallinari lost. Uh, we added three rookies. The most promising of those would be Sohan, but he is a defensive guy. So still don't know where, where we're scoring. We just signed Gorky Diang. Folks, projected starting lineup. Trey Jones? Oh, Josh God. Richardson? Maybe a little Devin Vassell? Keldon Johnson? Yaka Poito? <laughs> I think I, I I would want Josh Primo to start, but I'm also projecting like what will happen in reality because Josh Primo is still one of the youngest players in the NBA. JR, here's an imaginary basketball. I'm going to hand it to you. I'm going to be in the corner. Call me if you need me. Absolutely. I'll be ready. <laughs> <laughs> this team better be worse. <laughs> They better be worse. That's a great way to say it, JR. We'll do many, many, many Spurs minutes of content throughout this season. But I think it's just easy to say this should be the worst team in the Western Conference. Yes. Yeah. Should be one of the worst seasons the Spurs have ever had. (laughs) We did our dimes rankings of the top 30 players in the NBA as our first episode. Massive Spurs fans, you and I, didn't even, the logo didn't cross my mind to those top 30. No. And I've said this to you, but mentally I can't even like allow myself to think how far down I would have to go before I would say a spur. So I'm going to move on. JR, anything else to add? No, let's move on. We're going to be worse. Let's go for that first pick. Victor Wimpenyama, I will house shop for you anytime you need. There's a lovely farmer's market in downtown San Antonio. You'll love it here. Los Angeles Clippers. 42 and 40. There's another team in this crew that is in a similar situation with the Clippers where they have just multiple great starters coming back. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Paul George did play a good chunk of the season that led him to get to this 42, those 42 wins. Uh, nothing really in the draft. They lost Hartenstein, like you mentioned earlier, to the Knicks, and they added John Wall. Projected starting lineup at the beginning of the season, I still think Reggie Jackson will start at point guard. Eventually, as John Wall works his, you know, gets the game speed back, I think he's a better fit at starting point guard because they have so much other firepower on that starting lineup. You got Paul George. You got Kawhi Leonard. You can play Batum at power forward, but there's about 16 other guys on that roster that can play that spot. And then Zubak for those 18 minutes that you mentioned previously. This is pretty easy to say they will just be better than they are than they were last year. Yeah. Right. So my real question is, can John Wall add like something special to this team? Or is he just another guy in the mix? Um, I think that he can add something special to this team. I think he's not too old. He's definitely aging, but he's not too old. I think he's going to bring some athleticism. Like you said, I completely agree. 
throughout the season because he hasn't really played basketball in a long time. He's going to get his feet under him. He's going to start playing better basketball, better starting lineup basketball, what they need. Um, I think the sky is the limit for this L.A. Clippers team. Yeah, me too. And I was I was trying to because I mean, I do not like Kawhi. I do not like the Clippers. And I'm trying to convince myself this team is not going to be a contender. Something is going to get in their way besides possible injuries. Right. And it's like, okay, well maybe it's a thing where it's like too many mouths to feed, but we've seen this with Kawhi Leonard's teams that he's had. And it's like, he, when he plays, he's such an elite level talent. And when he's healthy, he works incredibly hard to improve his game that he's that superstar that everyone falls in line behind. Yeah. And that's what can like make these teams like the Mavericks, how they all there's, there's never any hubbub about or hoo-ha or fooey about Luka Doncic. Like, Oh, I want the ball more. I want the ball more. And if there is Christoph Porzingis, you get sent to the wizards. So everyone learned their lesson. Keep your mouth shut or you're going to DC. All right. Yeah, he's uh, he's hurt us. But man, Kawhi is very, very good. And uh, yeah. he's been hurt. He doesn't play a ton, but everything is lined up for him to be healthy. We'll see what happens. Maybe that thigh comes back, always comes back to haunt him. But that team's going to be healthy, probably. Uh, <laughs> like you said, they got a bunch of wings, which is just kind of how you play really good basketball nowadays. Um And he leads by example. Like you said, he just kind of complete control, famously quiet. Everyone's going to fall in line. That team's going to be very, very good. Yeah. A very sad double thumbs up from the dimes on this team. Now, the Pelicans had a worse record than them. They were 36 and 46, but they were actually in the playoffs. So that's why I'm putting them up here. Right. By the time the Clippers got to that point of the season, the playoffs, they didn't have Paul George anymore. All right. Pelicans, nothing in free agency, no trades. They got three draft picks, two were in the second round. Dyson Daniels was their eighth pick. Big guy in the G League, big, big guard. Don't think he's going to start, nor should he, because their starting lineup is stacked. CJ McCollum, Herb Jones, Brandon Ingram, Zion, question mark, and Jonas Valanciunas, one of my favorite guys to pick in fantasy basketball check out the fantasy pot on mondays folks jr if zion williamson plays can this team work together a lot of guys that need the ball but that's a great sounding lineup i love each and every one of those guys Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i like that they did nothing that's my big take like i like that they didn't add another guy in free agency that because they haven't seen this team. It's like, what if this yeah. team is great? Let them breathe. Sometimes you have too many good players. Yeah. They didn't need to add someone in free agency. They're adding, hopefully Zion Williamson back in. They already had mm-hmm. him. Just let him get healthy. So I don't love their draft pick like Dyson Daniels. I don't think that it was a great one because they had Jose Alvarado who, Took it to Chris Paul in the first round. Yeah. Uh, they have CJ McCollum, who you need to play a ton of minutes because you're paying a ton of bucks to. And Herb Jones is one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. So you yeah. want that guy next to Zion and Brandon Ingram. 
so they don't take it as chill. Exactly. <laughs> right? So I, I think they could have picked, I don't they could have picked like a Sohan or maybe traded back and tried to get a center. Now that means somebody won't want to trade up. And this wasn't like the deepest ever draft in the whole world, but they could have used a little center depth, but that's nitpicking because if Zion is who he showed us, he was in those 30 games that he was healthy. None of this matters. They got right. their squad and they'll figure it out. Hey, I mean, he'll even play center some of the time too. Yeah, he will point center. Both of them. Uh, so I have to say better because they're adding Zion. But if I'm actually looking at just their free agency, I will say like that wasn't good. But unrelated to that sidebar, they will be better next year. <laughs> yeah, I think I've said better for all but one team and I'm <laughs> sticking with it. You add Zion, you're going to be better. Well, maybe that trend comes to an end with the Minnesota Timberwolves 46 and 36 D'Angelo Russell, Bob Hogg, Anthony Edwards, potential rising star, Jaden McDaniels, apparently untouchable. The Timberwolves fans. I'm still waiting for a T-Wolves fan to send me like the game that shows he's the next Michael Jordan. Carl Anthony Towns at power forward. Slowest power forward in the league, unless Lamarcus comes back, and Rudolph Gobert. <laughs> I believe that's what he has to be called. His full name has to be Rudolph, right? Is every Rudy uh, actually Rudolph? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And let's leave it up to be a mystery. They also added this team is getting ready for a run. Kyle Anderson, Austin Rivers, and Big Money Bryn Forbes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're getting ready for a run uh, home. After the first round. <laughs> <laughs> that was a zinger. Good one. They lost in that Gobert trade. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt, who I did like a lot. Yeah. Uh, and Patrick Beverly and Malik Beasley. But those are exterior guys. I mean, they got Rivers and Kyle Anderson to fill that void. Honestly, Kyle Anderson, I think it's just better than Jared Vanderbilt. And Austin Rivers, he's definitely worse than Patrick Beverly and Malik Beasley, but he yeah. does a little of both. What I wrote down next to this team, I just put, it's either going to be okay or a disaster. Yeah. Like, I do not believe in this team reaching contention heights. So on the scale of okay to disaster, where do you fall? I think that, I mean... I hate this pairing of Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert. Kind of like you just gave that that spectrum. I feel like if you're looking at just that pairing, you either think it's amazing they're the best, you know, big man pairing in the league, or mm. like me, you think that it's really honestly a horrible fit. Because first of all, you have to move Carl Anthony Towns to the power forward. He's just played center his whole career. It's kind of why he's been super good because he's going against other centers. Now he's going to be going against power forwards that he's way slower than. And I just think there's a huge cap on what Rudy Gobert can bring to your franchise. It's been shown basically every time they've gone to the playoffs. So that was pretty harsh. I think <laughs> it's going to go pretty bad. I mean, I just think they're not going to be worse, in my opinion, than they were last year. 
but they are going to be worse than they could have been without the Rudy Gobert trade. Like, I think the natural progression of Edwards, soon to be superstar McDaniels, Jared Vanderbilt, and still the natural progression of Carl Anthony Towns, just going on next year, I think that's just such a cleaner path to true contention than shoving in an aging center. How many times have aging centers worked out? Kareem? That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Aging centers that have zero offensive game in them at all. Yeah, I shouldn't even mention Kareem in the same conversation (laughs) as Rudolph, which I will be calling him from this point forward until they win a first-round playoff series. Then you go back to being Rudy. And I do want to be very clear. I don't think they're going to be bad. Like, I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think it's really hard to bring Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards down. Like, I think they're not going to be a bad team, but kind of exactly what you said. They could have been better, and I just don't think that pairing – just works well at all. Like, I think, like you said, they're better off just leaving cat by himself down low. And like this, this it's, it's like, I would almost like it more if Carl Anthony towns wasn't on the team and there was another wing. Like it's, it just, it just doesn't fit mm-hmm. Rudy cat and Anthony Edwards. It's like, if there, if there's a single less, one less Anthony Edwards dunk, because Rudy Gobert's clogging the lane, you lost the trade, folks. I mean, yeah. because those stunts are worth a million tweets. Yeah, yeah. So, so prove us wrong. That pairing proves wrong, but I, I don't see it working out as well as they hope. I'm going to give them a worse, and I, I, I don't think their record is going to be much better. Like, I mean, like I said, the, re- the record doesn't directly connect to the worse. And this is more like, I just wanted to see the other team keep going. Yeah. Exactly. But I can see him still finishing at 46 and 36. And now you're paying Rudy Gobert and you don't have any draft picks. Yeah. It's, I wouldn't love that situation. Can we, can I give them a neutral? Like, I think they'll be basically, I don't think they got any better or worse. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't get any better or worse. And they absolutely screwed their future. Yeah. So congrats, Timberwolves fans and Tim Conley, the new GM and president of the Timberwolves. Let's go to where Tim Conley came from. Denver, the Nugs, 48 hey, and 34 <laughs> with two quality NBA players on their team. Yeah. Uh, the Potential starting lineup, Jamal Murray back. KCP added from the Wizards in a trade. Michael Porter Jr. back, hopefully not back injury, just back. Aaron Gordon and Nikola Jokic. They lost Will Barton, Jermichael Green, Monte Morris. They also added DeAndre Jordan, as we said, odd addition. And everyone's favorite role player, Bruce Brown. Oh, yeah. Again, JR, this is your squad. I'll be over in the corner just in case you need me. Here's the rock. They're going to be way better. <laughs> Reigning MVP, um, who actually has a team around him. For anyone that, you know, thanks Joel and Beach should have won that MVP. I would have been okay with that. But this team that Jokic dragged into the playoffs is probably the worst team that anyone's ever dragged into the playoffs. <laughs> um, this, is, and- this is mid 
like mid 2000s Cleveland Cavs. Yeah. Yeah. You could compare him to LeBron if you want. <laughs> I will. <laughs> um, but you get your starting point guard, you're starting probably power forward back. And you add Bruce Brown, who's like you said, one of my favorite role players in the league. And you add a great wing veteran, Catavius Caldwell Pope. Um, I wish they would have kept Monte Morris because they uh, like having that spark off the bench. They replaced him with Ish Smith, still a pretty good player. So, um, but this team is just healthy once again. If they don't win more games, like I guess I should say, Jokic dragged that team into the playoffs. What can they do with two more starters healthy? Yeah. And just, a, I think, a better fit for this team, KCP, versus Will Barton. I mean, God, Bruce Brown. I can't imagine a player who's going to take more advantage of playing with Nikola Jokic than Bruce Brown. Yeah. Like, if he's not hanging out in the barn with him in Serbia, <laughs> then yeah. as, as a, I would be stunned if Bruce Brown's not butting it up already. This team, <laughs> I will probably watch more nuggets games than any other team next year. Mm-hmm. If I, if I could watch, if, if I can watch it, I'm watching the game. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. I want to see, I want to see what um, Murray has in the tank. Cause mm-hmm. he was kind of emerging, had those 50 point uh, bursts in the bubble. Um, so let's see what he has in the tank and let's see if Michael Porter Jr.'s back will hold up. Cause he is also an elite scorer in this league. The last team on this list between our play-in guys and before we get to the home court advantage, we got the Utah Jazz, who after a seeming disaster of a season, still ended up almost a 50-win team. They were 49-33. and 33. Man, we don't know what the starting lineup is going to look like if they trade Donovan Mitchell. That's the biggest question, but if they don't, somehow it'd probably be Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Bogdanovich, Jared Vanderbilt, and rookie Walker Kessler. So let's just go into reality where they have Patrick Beverly on their team. They have Malik Beasley on the bench. Like, mm. this team, is is it worse without Rudy Gobert? <laughs> well, record-wise, y- yes, they're, they're going to win far less games. And we think it's probably pretty likely that they're going to also deal Donovan Mitchell. So uh, certainly worse if that happens. But I don't know. They got a bunch of role players now. I don't know. I don't know where you go from there. Yeah. Aging in their scores, whether it's Conley and Bogdanovich, Kessler starting a center or starting a rookie center is never a great sign. I just think this could if Mitchell's on the team of the teams with superstars, this would be the worst defensive team in the league. Yeah. 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 And I do think he's so, a superstar, but yeah. I mean, whatever you want to call it on that level, like yeah. he's, he's up. He's very, very good. He's up there. He's superstar, whatever. Hmm. Uh, so the jazz, I mean, just definitely worse, right? Yeah. 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 We're getting into some worse teams. We are. As you get to the top, it's easy to be like, well, you're not as good as you used to be. <laughs> right, we're going to find some of those teams that weren't as good as they used to be after this break.
JR, I have a steaming hot question for you. Was there a bigger loss to a contender this offseason than Jalen Brunson on the Dallas Mavericks? That's a great question. I, I don't think that there was. That was a great signing for the New York Knicks. Shout out, Knicks. Mm-hmm. You, you just you lost your second best player, Mavs. And the person filling that role is now Spencer Dinwiddie, mm-hmm. who loves to take the ball away from other players, including mm-hmm. your best player, Luka Doncic. Yeah. They got Dinwiddie at point guard. They got Luka next to him, who's the real point guard. They got Dorian Finney-Smith. They traded for Christian Wood, losing not really a rotation player. I mean, they got Boban, who's the rotation player, everyone's hearts. And they added JaVale McGee in free agency, who I could see as their starting center. They also do like Dwight Powell. They have Maxi Kleba still. Davis Bertans makes a lot of money on their cap, so maybe they'll play him. Usually, you follow the minutes, you follow the money in the NBA, but Mark Cuban, he's a mega billionaire, so maybe he doesn't care. The Jalen Brunson question is the question for this Mavs. Is, like, can that spot just be anyone can just fill it, which is what the Mavs are betting on? Or did he bring something special to that team? I mean, I think he brought something special to that team. They're either hoping Dinwiddie can fill that role or just give the ball to Luka. All the Jalen Brunson plays just let Luka run more plays, right? But it just helps you out. The defense has to worry about someone else now. I mean, Christian Wood is a pretty good player. Don't really know what he's super good at. I mean, I think he's pretty good, but we've never seen him in like a winning situation. Yeah. Um, so like, I think he's going to be good, but like how good is the question? So that's going to be tough. I think you lost something pretty special there. Yeah, I'm leaning towards that just because Jalen Brunson was, at least for the time he was on the Mavericks, publicly okay with giving Luka Doncic the ball the majority of the time. I don't know if, like we talked about with Kawhi, if Luka can have that same pull on Dinwiddie, if he can convince Dinwiddie to be like, hey, give me the ball all the time. Now, Jason Kidd has got Luka's back. He has to. I mean, Jason Kidd was the Luka of those Nets teams in the early 2000s. Shout out Spurs, 2003. This team, why don't the Mavs ever support their superstars? And do they not learn from Dirk? You got two finals runs out of it. One win, one loss. And Dirk was an MVP. I mean, this team, they just, they don't, I don't feel like they have the right team around Luka yet. What is it with the Mavericks? Yeah, I don't know. They're, they're just leaning into this guy is like the most dangerous person with the ball in his hands. Let's just do that the most. But history has shown you kind of need another star to win, right? Like, yes. Uh, and he, he was incredible in the playoffs. He had those huge games, those huge, num- huge numbers. He put the Suns away. But like it took everything. Like at some point they hit a wall with that because you need someone else. Jalen Brunson maybe wasn't even good enough for that role mm-hmm. too. So yeah, why not package a lot of these wings, a lot of these shooters that they have, get someone who can legitimately 
pull the defense away from Luca, give him some breaks because he's going to be gassed out by by the time the playoffs get uh, into the later rounds. I mean, yeah, they got smoked by the Warriors, like yeah. what you were leading to. I mean, it was like wasn't even wasn't even anything. Like, and that could have been one of the reasons why the Warriors won the finals is because how easy their series was compared to the Celtics bloodbath with the yeah. Heat. Oh, yeah. So, Mavs, and I get it, this offseason wasn't filled with great free agents. I mean, the best get may have been Jalen Brunson. If you don't think he's a $100 million pay- player, they don't pay him that $100 million. Mm-hmm. So I see that from the Mavs' perspective, but also, like, Every year, there's not a absolutely A plus contending team around Luca is a wasted year. Yeah. Because he could be the guy and he is the guy. So, Mavs for this offseason, I, I, I think the Mavs are going to be worse. They were 52 and 30. I don't see this being a 50 plus win team next year. I, I'm going to agree with you. I feel like we agree on most of these. But just based on the fact you lost your second best player and you replaced him with Christian Wood, who, like I said earlier, might be really good, might not. Like, is that a good fit with Luca? Maybe not. I have no idea. So uh, the unknown is worse than you knew you had a really good thing with Brunson. Yeah, totally agree. Moving on to the 56 and 26 Memphis Grizzlies. Jaron Jackson Jr. already injured. They did nothing in free agency. They got Danny Green in a like draft day trade. He will not play the rest of the season because of his torn ACL, Achilles, one of the two. Sorry, Danny, can't remember. <laughs> uh, they lost Kyle Anderson and DeAnthony Melton, very important rotation players. They added four draft picks, probably based on the Grizzlies' rate. Three of them will become impactful yeah, <laughs> like absolutely. NBA rotation players. They've been killing it in the draft this year. But with the Grizzlies, with Jaw back, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, an injured Triple J, I assume Brandon Clark will fill in that power forward position. And then bringing back Steven Adams, the scariest man on the face of the earth. Are we in a too many mouths to feed situation, JR? Well, they consolidated a little bit by losing mm-hmm. Kyle Anderson and DeAnthony Melton, but I don't know that they were hurting too much last year with too many players, right? Mm-hmm. All the young guys are a little bit older. We always say that when that occurs, we just assume that it's going to be better, uh, but they're all still really young. You know, they're not like entering their prime necessarily. They're just a little less young and it was nice to have those extra hands, but I don't, I don't know. I couldn't really nail this down instantly like some of the other teams yeah i am leaning better because they they are young they still have stuff to prove and i think they have this bad taste in their mouths from the warrior series and psychology and team mentality i think has a massive part that we can never know as fans, or really, unless you're in that locker room every single day, you can't know how the team feels. Like, we didn't know that the Grizzlies were coming into last season, like, we're ready to take on the world and try our asses off on defense every single night. If they have that mentality again, and like you said, 
they're all just a year older in the best possible way. This team's got to be better. But yeah. if they feel like, hey, we we kind of did it, but we're not going to try as hard, because they were lapping up those wins, a lot of them, without Ja Morant. They had a great record without Ja, but those were against bad teams. If they go into, you know, San Antonio on a Wednesday night and all of a sudden they don't care and Popovich gets a little Riley and all this gets a little riled up and all of a sudden Spurs are up by three and you and I are screaming our hearts out to say, John Brand, please, please dunk on us. That'll be the uh, worst night of the season. <laughs> yeah. Um, so even though the record's pretty insane already, 56 and 26, I think this team could just be better. What do you think, JR? Man, I might, I don't know, got a couple Grizzlies fans that we like watching, watching the games with, but I might say worse. I think they had like a little bit of, uh, that's not like a lock worse. They have like a little bit of like, grit without like having really done a hot a lot so i'm like mm. wondering if they're gonna be like a little diva ish this mm. next season you know i don't know the d word <laughs> yeah i threw it out there um i think they're gonna be really fun to watch i mean jaws like one of the most fun players to watch in the entire league 56 is a lot i think they lost a couple players that they definitely played a ton uh, we'll see what that does i don't know i don't know that they necessarily got better i'll go worse i'm going worse i said it okay fine our first disagreement of the pod and with that it's all over folks turn it <laughs> off we're done no hang on there we still got two more teams we got the phoenix suns what a record 64 and 18 it's pretty good before the playoffs did we have any doubt that this team was getting to the finals I think we had conversations that were like, has this ever been laid out for anyone better to make it to the finals <laughs> in the history of the league? The Warriors weren't even healthy to start the playoffs. No, no. we weren't considering them. Luka Doncic was injured. We were like, oh, this is going to be another boring West. The Grizzlies are too young. 64 and 18. And what did they do to build on that? Well, Dwayne Washington Jr. Welcome to the team. <laughs> Damian Lee, Josh Akogi. They got Jacques Landale, who I love a lot, was a hey former yo. Spur. Then he went to the Hawks and he kind of wiggled his way over to the Suns. He's from Australia. He does this super cool thing where he can't score or defend. It's yeah. a really, really neat thing. You're welcome, Suns. Uh, they lost Aaron Holiday, JaVale McGee, and Frank the Tank Kaminsky. They retained DeAndre Ayton and the rest of their starting lineup. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Mikael Bridges, Jay Crowder, and Ayton. So if I say better, I would have to believe that this team is going to at least be a 60-win team. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. I mean, they won 64. You can't be better and, like, lose five wins, right. even if every other team is better around you. Like, right. I mean, how could they be better is the question I wrote down. And I <laughs> I mean, I just think unless I, DeAndre Ayton, that whole situation, like this could be so bad, right? 
yeah, the collapse in the playoffs, I think is just going to carry right over <laughs> to this next season. I mean, we don't really know what Chris Paul's going to look like anymore. The thing with DeAndre Aiden, like yeah. all signs point, point to worse and possibly a lot worse. DeAndre Aiden just got a mega contract, <laughs> guaranteed cash. <laughs> and then Chris Paul is going to be like, tighten up your screens, roll harder. And he's going to be like, never speak to me that way again. Like, I'm out. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, he didn't have that money already. He didn't have that money yet. And he wasn't trying that hard at the end of last playoffs. Yeah. This is going to be stinky. Now, stinky might be like 50 wins. Yeah, exactly. Which really sucks for the Suns fans and organization because when I look at that roster, I don't think, oh, 64 wins. Like they really played on an elite, elite level all season long. And then they were, they met this epic collapse, which based on some reporting after that series, it seems like a massive wave of COVID hit their team. Mm. Like, it seems like Chris Paul had COVID, certainly. And the NBA was just being not as diligent as a massive organization should be when it came to playoffs time. Yeah. So if these guys were sick or having to miss practices and we didn't know about it, that could have contributed to that. But if they start the season on a 50-win pace, everyone's going to be like, oh, well, this is going poorly, which is unfair to them. That's unfair. Still a good team, but that would be worse. And that's why got to say worse for this team. Got bad, to. Bad juju around this team for next season. Uh, the curse of the Phoenix Suns continues. Just can never, never quite get there. But let's go finally, finally to the reigning champs, 53 and 29, the Golden State Warriors. Tell me if this. Starting lineup sounds familiar. JR, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Kevon Looney. Sounds like a championship team right there. They brought the boys back again and again and again. When Tony Parker, Mono Ginobili, and Tim Duncan, drink, Spurs reference, uh, retired, we he thought, okay, there's never going to be another trio like this people i mean most people think that like one player won't stay on a team long enough to have that impact steph curry's doing that okay now there's gonna be two guys that put are both selfless that's insane there's no way and that there's no way it's gonna be three gut and here we are with draymond clay and steph now draymond's already starting the contract negotiations now yeah and being like yeah i want mine it's like okay draymond like just stay with the Warriors. You'll be crazy to leave. Like, crazy. The, now, let's get to the role, guys, because that's really what matters and how the Warriors ebb and flow here. Uh, they added Dante DiVincenzo and Jermichael Green. They drafted Patrick Baldwin Jr., who I cannot see playing at all because of Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman all playing still. They lost Bielitsa. They lost Damian Lee. They lost Gary Payton the second. They've lost Otto Porter Jr., which is a big deal. He was massive for them. And they lost Juan Toscano Anderson. JR, 
and Iguodala's an unrestricted free agent right now. Right. So that doesn't really matter. But <laughs> the question is with this team, JR, is are they going to lose a game? <laughs> are they going to lose any game? Any game. Yeah. I mean, if they're all healthy, I don't see why they wouldn't be the favorites in basically every game they play. My, my thought is like, they got the band back together. Yeah, they did what they're they, supposed to do. They only played like 20 games together in the playoffs. Like Curry, Clay, and Draymond still have only played like 20 games since way back when. Years and years ago. They didn't play the whole regular season together. This is like that championship was like having their cake and eating it too. They got to do both. This regular season, they're like, okay, now we actually have to try. Let's see if we can get another championship. I'm so high on this Warriors team. It's bananas. Yeah, they literally did that thing that they do in movies where Steph was like, hey, I know we haven't played together in a long time, but I need you now. And they just got together (laughs) and played 20 games and won a championship. Insane. They, yeah, I mean, just, I said better, but not because of free agency. So, like, again, kind of like what team? Oh, the Clippers. I was like, they're going to be better, but I'm not super excited about Dante DiVincenzo's potential to play. I mean, because they have their, they have starting lineup A, which is Curry, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and Looney. And then they have starting lineup B, (laughs) which is Jordan Poole, Moses Moody, Kaminga, Wiseman, and Jermichael Green. Yeah. Now, I don't want to depress anybody, but if you were a Spurs fan or a Rockets fan or maybe even a Thunder fan, would you rather have your starting lineup or would you rather have the Warriors B squad with Kaminga, Moody, and Wiseman? That's an incredible question. And anyone who's like thinking that's ridiculous should really think about it for a second because that's (laughs) a great lineup. I mean, Wiseman was the second pick in the draft. Then you had Kaminga, who is, I don't know, shown massive athletic promise. Moses Moody, a young, showing shines of rotation player. And Jordan Poole, who hit some of the biggest shots in the finals this past year. Yeah. This team gets a big old better, but just because they kept the majority of their guys around. Yes, it stinks to lose Peyton and Porter and Juan Toscano Anderson and Bielitsa just left the NBA, still for reasons unknown. Right. <laughs> I, I do not know. Um, but Clay Thompson's back, ladies and gents. Yeah, like you said, those guys didn't play and they're all back. And those guys did leave, but that uh, leaves room for Moody, Kaminga, Wiseman to step in and actually play when they didn't really play at all last year. Exactly. They get to sew their wild oats. <laughs> Curry and Draymond can rest. And they have Jordan Poole, who started some of those games in the first round. Yeah. I mean, this, come on. Come on, folks. Give them a better. Better. When we come back, we will ask an incredibly important and insightful question that's going to 
blow your mind. We just finished the Western Conference offseason recap last week. Hopefully you all listened to the Eastern Conference offseason recap. I'm using my inside voice right now to build dramatic tension. Listener, you're welcome. The Boston Celtics, we thought they were going to be better. Golden State Warriors, we think they're going to be better. Who is Mo better? If those two teams played in the finals right now, with their new squads, let's give the Celtics home court. Who would win? We just hyped up the Warriors, and that's why I'm taking them to beat them down again <laughs> with this new squad. Starting lineups are basically the same. Yeah. Right? But the question is, like, whose bench is better slash are the Warriors just that much better? Like, could Curry just, like, not be stopped? Right. They, I mean, they couldn't really stop him before. Nothing, like you said, nothing's really changed with the starting lineup. Brogdon, like you mentioned in the last week's episode, might not even be playing a ton, can't really stay on the court. So, like, did the Celtics get that much better? Maybe not. And we just hyped up the Warriors so much with their new... Uh, youth coming in to replace all those guys that they lost. So they're going to be running. Moody, Kaminga, or Wiseman become better than the people they would replace in the starting lineup. Wiggins, Looney, or Draymond. Like, watch out, everybody. And I, I really hate saying that, listeners. I mean, you know, Spurs fan here. Like, but it's just great basketball being played. It's just fun to watch when your team is praying for lottery balls at the end of the season. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So, yeah, I agree. Warriors. Fun question. Yeah. Who do you think, listener, would win in a seven-game series, this new Warriors team or the new Celtics team? Email us, dimespod at gmail.com. Follow us at dimespod on twitter be on the lookout for the monday uh, fantasy basketball pods make sure you go back and listen to the eastern conference one give us a little rating give us a review say what's in the bottom of your heart and i know what's in the bottom of your heart it's five stars waiting to sparkle out and blast the spotify charts jr i would like to wish you an early birthday happy birthday jr thank you Early for when we're recording this, not early from when we release it. So, listener, you can triangulate that, try to figure out in the general range of Jared's somewhere, birth. Somewhere in between there. <laughs> somewhere in between. And, yeah, next week, listeners, a very special, exciting podcast. We had our first guest on the pod, and we did a little salary cap draft wondering what those three words mean when pushed together well you're gonna have to wait and find out jr thanks as always adios listeners bye